Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my beloved brothers and sisters, and all of those persons who take the time to listen to the reflection, which we do with all of our heart to honor and glorify our Lord. In this reflection, today we are going to speak regarding politics and religion knowing that many persons have written me and asked me regarding this subject. Regarding politics, religion, it can't be mixed together. So, if we are a little logical, if we put logic in this subject, in this topic, regarding politics and religion, if we are logical, we should recognize or understand or realize that this all was given by God from the beginning, from the creation of man. When the Lord made man, when mankind began to multiply, there then the Lord allowed governors in the world, kings. First there were kings, those that governed, judges, and there on until today, the Lord has allowed this for there to be order here on the earth, there to be an order in society, an organization, so that rules can be complied, so that things would be done, so that people would not act, for example, like the animals in the jungle, but, but that there is an order in all things. Politics and religion, they are tied together. The Lord was the one who planted this subject. The Lord placed the people to govern. We're going to read a few verses that speak regarding politics and religion. And we begin in Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41, verse 34. There we find the story of Joseph, the son of Jacob, when he was sold by his brothers and taken to Egypt. There the Lord gave grace and blessed him in such a way that the king of Egypt placed him second in command so that he could govern all of the country of Egypt, all of the land. Why did he place Joseph? For the Lord gave Joseph such wisdom and intelligence, the capacity and the wisdom of interpreting dreams and the king trusted him and gave him the ability to govern. He was governor of Egypt. This speaks in chapter 41, verse 34, saying that once Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, that there were going to be seven years of famine in all of the land, Joseph told the Pharaoh, the king, let him appoint officers over the land to collect the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. This is what he told him. Place appointed officers to collect all of the produce in the seven plentiful years, so that when the seven years of famine come, there would be food. Now in verse 40 it says, You shall be over my house, the king told Joseph. You shall be over my house. And all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Exactly. Here we see that Pharaoh 
named Joseph as governor over all of the land. The only difference is that on the throne, it is I. It will be I there placed in the throne. But you shall govern all of the land and all will submit to you and obey you. There we see their politics is involved. Religious for Joseph was a child of God. And the Lord had given these blessings, these gifts, and the grace so that he could govern the land during that time. And it was fulfilled. This is what the story shares. Let us read another example of politics and religion. First Samuel. In First Samuel. Chapter 8. First of Samuel, chapter 8. Verse 20, there we see when Saul was chosen king because the people of Israel asked, asked the Lord to be allowed to have a king like all the other nations. Since the other nations had a king, they as well wanted to have a king to govern them. The Lord was angry at the beginning, but then later he told Samuel, the prophet Samuel, yes, grant them that desire and place upon them a king. So this is when the Lord named Saul as the first king that there was in Israel. So first of Samuel chapter eight, verse 20, that the people it says they were debating and arguing with Samuel that they say, we want a king. We want a king like the, all the other nations. And Samuel said, no, the Lord wants to be the king and he wants to govern you directly. And they said, no, we want to have a king. Verse 20, that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So the Lord told Samuel, grant them that petition, that stubborn and rebellious people and allow them to have their king to govern them. So this king was placed by God, truly Saul, the first king that there was in Israel. But as a governor, since Adam, we see in the biblical history that there were those that governed in the peoples and the cities and the lands, those that governed the Lord is whom placed them and removed them. In first Samuel, but chapter nine, verse 17, we see Saul as king. And it says in verse 17 of chapter 9, 1 Samuel. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. So the Lord showed or revealed to Samuel the prophet who was going to be the king. And it was regarding Saul. But before that, as I said in the beginning, the Lord had told them that the Lord wanted to be their king, he that governed. But they said, no, we want to be like the other nations. The Lord granted them that desire of the people. And he told Samuel to anoint Saul as king of Israel. So this Saul, the king who would govern. 
as we see here, they're mixed politics and religion. There we see it. Let us go to 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 3. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 3. There, David, discerning or giving a sermon on his last words. It's saying in verse 1, now these are the last words of David. That says David, that man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over me must be just. He who rules over me must be just. Ruling in the fear of God. Here, David prophesying before he died that the Lord had revealed to him that in the future there he was going to send a king, a man that was just, who would govern mankind, and that that just would rule, and he would be perfect. He would rule over man with just. Here he was referring to our Lord Jesus Christ, and it is true. For our Lord Jesus Christ was king. He is the king. He is our king who governs us in a spiritual aspect. But either way, from that time, the Lord promising a perfect king because the Lord knew that all the kings and those that governed that he was going to place in Israel, they would fail. They were not going to work correctly and their governing would not be right or excellent. So since the Lord knew the failures and the mistakes of all those governments, the Lord said, for the future, I'm going to raise up a perfect king, one that is just and will rule perfectly. And it was regarding our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why today we are rejoicing of our Lord Jesus Christ, his reign, his government, of course, spiritually speaking. But that does not mean that the Lord did not allow for there to be government in the world. The Lord allows this, and the Lord as well wants his children to participate and be those that govern physically, materially in the world, to give example that with their honesty and being sincere, give example to other people. And why not? The other nations as well. This is what the Lord wants. First Kings chapter three, let's go to first Kings chapter three. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse number 9. Solomon, we know that Solomon was king of Israel as well. After Saul, David, then Solomon. And the Lord as well made promises to Solomon. In verse 9, the Lord says, to Solomon prays to the Lord and asks for wisdom. And Solomon says to the Lord, thank you, Lord, because you named me king. You placed me as king in Israel to rule these people. 
It is so difficult to rule these people. Give me wisdom. Give me intelligence to know how to govern. And here in verse 9, it says, Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And it pleased the Lord so greatly, the prayer of Solomon, that he had asked the Lord these things, that this is why he filled him with wisdom and enriched him and blessed him, prospered him. And the governing of Solomon was brilliant, full of triumphs and victories. So there we see politics and religion. They are hand in hand. They are tied together. They are both united. If there was no politics, meaning if there was not a government, there would be chaos. There would be disruption. Everyone would do what they wanted. But no, the Lord placed an order on the earth, mankind. This is why the Lord allows this. So I don't know why people become angry and they become upset and they say, oh, why are you going to mix politics and religion? That there cannot be politics then? That there only be a religion? So who governs? Who places rules? The lawmakers, the orders, representatives, the order in the midst of society then. So how would that be done? There would be chaos in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes that even the animals have that that governs an order, an organization that the ants themselves and the bees, they have an organization. There's one that rules, that governs, that leads them, that teaches them, corrects them. So all things function correctly and all can do their task perfectly in mankind, even more so. So therefore, we should not then put down all that the Lord has installed from the beginning. We should not be stubborn. We, with our stubbornness, we think and speak what we do not know, what we don't understand or comprehend. It is better to read the Bible and learn the path of the Lord. Let us now go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Chapter 7, verse number 18, which as well speaks of a governor. Here it speaks of Solomon, Second Chronicles, chapter 8, chapter 7, verse 18. Then I will establish the throne of your kingdom, the Lord is saying to Solomon, confirming, I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as a ruler in Israel. You see the promise of the Lord? The Lord made this marvelous promise that there would not fail to have a man that ruled in the people and to know how to govern. But yes, the Lord allowed many kings, many of those that governed, many judges, and they perhaps walked distorted path. They did not do the will of the Lord. They did not do what was correct. This is why the Lord promised for the future that he would send a perfect king, that he would know how to govern the people. So our Lord Jesus Christ today, he governs us in the spiritual aspect. He governs us in what way? 
He places in our heart and in our being that we live a righteous life, that we live a just, healthy, correct life, that we fulfill the commandments of the Lord, that we fulfill all things and do things, separating ourselves from evil, from harming others, that we do things correctly. And there we see how this spiritual governing of our Lord Jesus Christ is of value to us so that we can behave in our life, act in our daily life, and be able to grasp the rules and the laws that man has, that the Lord has allowed for they to be governors, leaders, governors, ministers, representatives, however you may call them, presidents, kings, however is the title, those that govern the world in any country. And we with that change in our life, that transformation that the Lord does in our heart, this makes us obey. We submit, we are subject to the will of these that govern, to the laws, and that we do and fulfill everything accordingly and give good example to others. Example of honesty, of being just, righteous, this, that is politics, that is religion. And they both go hand in hand, for it is the Lord that teaches us and helps us to fulfill and submit to those that govern. And the Lord teaches us to pray even for those that govern, that we pray for the government, for the Lord to help them and know how to lead and govern. And as well, the Lord, the day he wants to place his children as governors, he will place them as governors to give good example so that they may shine and the rest of the people and mankind will see that there are those who truly have values that have a good heart. They are just righteous and they do things correctly and that you can do good. You can govern correctly according to the will of the Lord. So all is done by the will of God. Those that lead wrongfully, those that lead in the world badly, the Lord allowed this. This is God's will. The Lord allows them to be there to lead, even if they are bad governors, according to the thoughts of the people. The good governors, the good leaders, they're also placed by the Lord. According to the thoughts of the people, good or bad, the Lord is who places all of those there to test us so that we may learn to know how to behave and act in our life, to do things correctly, to analyze and be just and do things well, so that we may always walk in the path of righteousness, giving good example to all, so that in this same way, the people can see in us that good testimony, that good example, the way we act in our life, and they as well do the same. So there the others will say, oh, look at what a good leader. Oh, look at this country is so organized. This is what the people would say. So what the Lord truly wants is that we all arrive to the knowledge of his word, his truth, that we follow his commandments, that we love him so that as well, he will bless us, giving us capacity to behave correctly in our life as good citizens. We thank our Lord as well. For he is the one that allows all things, and in him we wait. We shall wait, and we will pray to our Lord so that all will be perfect, so that all goes well in our life, in all mankind, around the world, in every country. We ask the Lord as well for the government, 
we ask as well for the people to know the Lord so that all things march correctly, so that all will function as the Lord wants. Let us pray to our Lord in this moment. Blessed Lord, all-powerful Lord, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of our King, that King that you placed, O Lord, to govern the world, to govern us. This King that is reigning and governing today in the spiritual aspect, that is cleansing our souls, transforming our hearts, and helping us to live a holy and righteous life before you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all these things we owe to you. You are the only one that can change and transform the life of man. You are the only one that can transform and change as well the bad attitude of man, the mankind. You are the only one that can change and transform the thoughts, giving the true peace, the true joy. Help us, Heavenly Father. Help those that govern the government for things to be done correctly, giving a clean heart, a good presence so that they do things with love, love to man, to their neighbors. Holy Father, your powerful hand blessing all of those so that they may do things correctly. All be done in your pleasing, O Father. Lord, we are as well in the here in the world, in the midst of the people, in the midst of many people, good or bad. But we wait in your love. We wait in your mercy, in your blessings, in your protection, divine, O Lord. As well in this moment, Heavenly Father, we ask for all the brothers and sisters and all of those that have diverse illnesses, pains, and sufferings, and they call upon you that you deliver them, cleanse them that it be you healing them, removing all illness and suffering. Heal them from this virus that is reigning around the world. Heal and deliver, protect the life of many. Give the opportunity to live so they may know of you, know your path. Heavenly Father, in the glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, extend your healing hand, delivering, removing curses and spells, removing witchcraft from the devil, envy of the devil. Destroy the work of the enemy, giving joy to the people, every life, every heart, every man and woman, giving joy and happiness, tranquility and peace. Thank you, my Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, asking, my Lord, your mercy is forevermore, and thank you. Father, for all of your blessings and your benefits. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let us sing to the Lord chorus 136. Jesus is my fortress. Chorus 136. Cristo es mi fuerte en la tentación. Me consuela en la dura aflicción y en cada lucha con el tentador, con el cerca salgo más que vencedor. Cristo es mi fuerte en la tentación. Cristo es mi fuerte en la tentación. Me consuela en la dura aflicción. Y en cada lucha con el tentador, con el cerca salgo más que vencer. 
tentación. Glory and honor be to our Lord. May the Lord bless you all. I love you with all my heart. May God bless you until the next time.